Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 14th of May. And on this day in Christian history, we go back to the year 1872 and we travel to Salem in Massachusetts in the United States, where the last witchcraft trial took place. This was also known as the second Salem witch trial in which a Lucretia Brown accused fellow Christian scientist Daniel H. Spofford of attempting to harm her through his mesmeric mental powers. The judge dismissed the case and it's now considered to be the last witchcraft trial held in the United States. It received wide news coverage because of the first Salem witch trials that had occurred 280 years earlier, between 1692 and 1693. The infamous witch trials are now considered to be a case of Puritan mass hysteria, with more than 200 people tried, 30 found guilty, 19 executed by hanging, 14 women and 5 men, and one other man, Charles Corey, who was pressed to death for refusing to plead. And at least five people died in jail. Salem has been used in political rhetoric and also in popular literature as a vivid cautionary tale about the dangers of isolationism, religious or ideological extremism, false accusations, and lapses in due process. A 1953 play by Arthur Miller called The Crucible was dramatised and part and partially fictionalised story of the Salem witch trials. Miller wrote it as an allegory for McCarthyism when the American government persecuted people accused of being communists, the so-called Reds under the bed scare. A couple of years after his play was published, Miller himself was then questioned by the House of Representatives Committee on on American Activities and convicted of contempt of Congress for refusing to identify others present at meetings. In the 17th century, witch trials were not unique, but luckily have begun to fade out across much of Europe by the mid-century. However, they continued on the fringes of Europe and in the American colonies. The excesses had a sobering effect on civil development, and according to historian George Lincoln Burr, Salem witchcraft was the rock on which the theocracy shattered. The Massachusetts government had been dominated by conservative Puritan secular leaders. Puritans had opposed many of the traditions of the Church of England, including the use of the Book of Common Prayer, the use of vestments by clergy during services, the use of the sign of the cross at baptism, and kneeling to receive communion, all of which they considered to be popery. The British monarch at the time, King Charles I, was hostile 
to what he considered their extreme viewpoints. And this hostility led to a major migration to colonial North America. The Puritans established several of the earliest colonies in New England, of which the Massachusetts Bay Colony was the largest and the most economically important. They intended to build a society based on their religious beliefs, with exacting moral standards throughout their daily lives. Puritans actively attempted to thwart attempts by the devil to overtake them and their souls. The Puritan belief was that women were inherently sinful and more susceptible to damnation than men were, and that women's souls were seen as being unprotected in their weak and vulnerable bodies. 78% of people accused throughout the infamous witch trials and convicted were women. And those who did not conform to the strict norms of Puritan society were more likely to be the target of an accusation, especially those who were unmarried or did not have children. Quarrels with neighbours often incited witchcraft allegations. And the atmosphere was stoked by a minister called Cotton Mather, who was a prolific publisher of pamphlets, including some that expressed his belief in witchcraft. And he was particularly obsessed with how stupendous witchcraft had affected the children of a Boston mason called John Goodwin. His eldest child had been tempted by the devil and had stolen linen from a washerwoman, Goody Glover. Glover of Irish Catholic descent was characterised as being a disagreeable old woman and described by her husband as a witch. And this may have been why she was accused of casting spells on the Goodwin children. Four of the six Goodwin children began to have strange fits, neck and back pains, and loud random outcries. Other curious symptoms included having no control over their bodies, flapping their arms like birds, or trying to harm others as well as themselves. These symptoms fueled the craze of 1692, but the mass hysteria eventually calmed down and the last trial was held in May 1693. But terrible damage had been done to many families' lives. In the decades following the trials, survivors and family members sought to establish the innocence of the individuals who had been convicted and to gain compensation. In 1711, compensation was given to most of the victims. And in November 2001, years after the 300th anniversary of the trials, the Massachusetts legislature passed an act exonerating all who had been convicted and naming each of them innocent. 
That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at the publication of Rerum Novarum, the papal encyclical that tries to deal with revolutionary change and is now seen as a foundation stone of Catholic social thought. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Please subscribe and leave a comment on the blog if you have time at www.pogp.net. If you'd like to respond directly, then email the show on pogppod at gmail.com. Have a lovely day wherever you are, and thanks for listening.